Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. The green light is on for a massive, massive podcast as we count down to Group 1 Racing at the Meadows on Saturday night. It is the KCR Pet Transport Group 1 Maturity. Uh, massive, massive podcast. We're going to catch up with Dan Hibbard. He'll be calling the meeting. We'll have the inside info from the Meadows Saturday night. And as well, we're going to catch up right now with a man off the top who says the Maturity is his favourite race at the Meadows. That's Corey Smith. Smith, doggy dog, doggy licious doggy dog. How are you, mate? <laughs> Gee whiz, what an intro that is, mate. Yeah, it is my favourite Group One. The Phoenix is my favourite race overall. I think uh, I think I can safely say that. But I do really like the Maturity. I think I've touched on it uh, on this podcast before. It's a race that kind of is a stepping stone for a lot of champions. So I, I do love the Maturity. I do love the the outside uh, look at it, the way you go about it, uh, picking out the Maturity. And I also love the fact that you've labelled the Phoenix as your favourite race, and it's only been around for a couple of years. So it just shows how much I guess effect on people it's had how, how it's hit home it's been a race that that look as as a caller i called last year that i fell in love with as well smithy at the first time yeah well to be fair I, I probably wouldn't be able to work here if it wasn't my favorite uh my favorite race because the amount of work that goes into it it'd, it'd make it kind of not mind-numbing but it doesn't really feel like work a lot of the time uh working on the phoenix so no nah, it's definitely my favorite race run of the week well um, there could be literally 12 runs of the week, I reckon, from last week, or at least eight with the eight heats of the maturity. But I've settled on one who I reckon uh, was a big, big run overall, and that was Professor Snitch taking out race number six, heat number two. Uh, went 5.15 early, which is going to be the problem for her in the maturity final. 17.81 out the back, but I tell you what, or down the back, but she absolutely ripped home uh, 29.75. This is a greyhound I reckon we're going to see over more than 500 metres, and she seems to be getting better and better. And who knows, maybe in 12 months from now we sit there and say Professor Snitch is a star stayer. Here's how she went about it. Racing. Victor Damien only fair to go. There was good speed from Nature Strip. Also departed. And here comes Professor Snitch. Here comes the first turn. Holding the inside was Nature Strip. On the outside was Professor Snitch. And it ran to the lead. Behind them, third departed. Railing was Victor Damien. Now starts to charge. Followed by Cracker Jack uh, Hawk. Next in the field was Rhino Baylor. They dropped Magic Eyeliner. Leader Professor Snitch. Two in front of Nature Strip. Trying to run on was Victor Damien. But Professor Snitch. Professor Snitch won at second dead heat. Victor Damien and Nature Strip, nothing in it. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. We know the strength, Corey, of uh, the runners-up, uh, Victor Damien. Um, and I reckon Professor Snitch held her safely. Beat him by two and a half lengths. Went, what was it, 11.94 home or thereabouts. That is a seriously good run. Yeah, that was a it was a cracking run. I, I, I always say this, that I don't envy you selecting your run of the week every week, but... I especially do not uh, envy you this week because there were some absolute ripping races. I know Tinker Norm was enormous in the run home, running down Transponder and Professor Snitch, as we just touched on there. Eleven, It was 11.92 home, Professor Snitch. So I think you could be right. Usually when they're breaking 12 seconds in the run home, over 500 metres, particularly in that grade of race, uh, that they'll be stepping up to 600 metres and, and being a dominant force. And not only that, mate, burning off Nature Strip, who went 17.70 down the back, I think it was two weeks ago. Like, it was it was good at both ends from Professor Snitch and did it three wide around the first corner. So there's room for improvement. Uh, she could be the Smokey in the final. 
yeah, for sure. Obviously, the boss draw makes it sticky, but uh, her trainer knows how to prepare a Group 1 runner, and uh, I think Professor Snitch is going to be hard to beat. Hasn't found a, her way into my top four selections, but, uh, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me whatsoever. Saturday's preview. I reckon the reason uh, she hasn't found her way into your top four is because it is such a tough maturity. And honestly, I reckon nearly eight of the eight could win and I wouldn't be too surprised. Um, We were going to film this one on Zoom and try and post it out, but I've had a really, really ordinary day uh, internet signal-wise, which uh, just pees me off, to be honest, uh, Corey, because everything in the world has moved forward. You know, cars are looking like robots now. Um, You can get about 65G in the city, but you go out... 100, not even, probably 50Ks out of Melbourne, um, and you, you struggle to even use a computer program. That's how poor the internet is. So um, the reason I'm getting at this, it annoys me that internet hasn't got better. Um, and secondly, I wanted to show you how red I was because I've been, I've been trying these cold showers uh, in the morning as I, as I end my shower. I slowly turn it down from hot to cold and sort of stand there for 20 seconds, and it's meant to be rejuvenating, but it's weird. It, it's, it's turning my skin really red, so I'm not sure if that's an issue, um, but I, I sort of do feel a little bit better, I suppose. <laughs> we, we had this discussion uh, on air on SEM Track on Tuesday night about you trialling these, and you did say, I'm starting my mornings with it, and then you said, well, actually, it was at 1 p.m. So, uh, Jim, maybe it's just you need to start doing them a little bit earlier in the morning and going full cold instead of uh, doing the, taking the pansy way out and starting with a bit of warm. Well, the other thing I don't like is how cold it gets in Melbourne. So if I'm going to be jumping into a cold shower, it's got to be, it's got to be in a tropical place like Bali, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Too. Hey, hey, let's look at this uh, Saturday night program. Six thirty-seven, the first uh, big, big card of racing, starting off with a mix six and seven. Cook's electrical and air conditioning—they've been powering up the Meadows. Uh, Cook and his team for, I reckon, about twenty years, maybe since the inception. Is that about right? Yeah, you're spot on there. Since inception, for sure. Nineteen ninety-eight was it? Uh, I think the first races might have been in ninety-nine, but uh, in the production, I'm sure he played a big part of that too. He would have been there popping the air conditioning in in 1998. There's plenty of them, and he does a beautiful job as well. Uh, race one, the first event on the program. I'm with Awesome Avenger on top. I love when Greyhounds go from a race, even though beaten 19 lengths, squeezed up at the start from box two, crowded up in the run to the first corner last week. I love when they go from a group one heat back to a grade five, let alone back to a grade six and seven that we see this for Awesome Avenger. Draw is tricky. I do also keep a close eye on Silent Bullet. I reckon the White Kennel have got a big opinion of her, but I'm pretty keen on the awesome Avenger in the first. Yeah, this is a really interesting race to start the card. Uh, I've kind of highlighted Mission Apollo here. The run home times that this Greyhound can produce are, are very, very good. So I'm going to tip it on top. But uh, I think you could make a case for the five or the six. And I think Raven Nighthawk might be the leader as well. So you're probably hard to discount there too. Somebody messaged me and said, how much would it cost to buy a dog like Mission Apollo? That wasn't you, was it? No, it wasn't me. No. Uh, how much do you reckon, though, for Mission Apollo? Like, what price would you put on a greyhound that's had seven starts, two wins, with a powerful run home like he's got? Oh, to be fair, mate, it's, I've been a little while out of the uh, the buying, the ready-to-run greyhound sort of market, so it'd be difficult. But you're probably talking tens of thousands, I'd say. Yeah, I, I thought about 30 would be a fair price, but um, yeah. with the capability of running 600 in town as well. Now, race two, one thing that's starting to really get on my goat um, is the watchdog. And I shouldn't say oh, that no. on, on a GRV program. Here we go. But every single bloody week, they write Hector Frawley as the comment. <laughs> and I get on this program and I say, well, it's not Hector Frawley, punters. It's actually just Hector Forley. There's no R in Forley. And I opened up the form guide again. I literally headbutted the computer because Hector Frawley has one of the best engines in the sport. And I'm thinking, well, you're not even talking about the right dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> I reckon the old autocorrect might uh, might yeah. get them there. So are, you, are you tipping Hector on top? Uh, I will, but I won't be backing him at 140 from box eight. Yeah, that was exactly the point that I was going to make. I don't think uh, I'll be taking him from there, particularly over 500. Over the middle distance, I'd probably just uh, kind of say, oh, well, we'll take that and see how we go, considering he's one of the fastest in the land. But I thought I'd, uh, I'd tip Call Me Marley. I reckon $9 that the Watchdog is putting up there uh, is a decent price. Not the strongest race, and if the seven can come across with a bit of speed, Call Me Marley as well. He, he might get into it, old Hector Fully. And I do love the work of the Watchdog on a serious note. It's just, just having a bit of a laugh about <laughs> Hector Fully because it Gets on my goat every time I see it. Uh, not the strongest race either, to be honest, for Hector Frawley. I'm going to start calling him Frawley by accident in a minute. Uh, race three, heat number two of the sports bet, grade five. I'm with Cracker Jack RT here again. The draw is tricky. That is the concern. And I didn't mind number two on the each way, Zy Lloyd Bale, who I think's drawn well. Yeah, Cracker Jack RT from me on top. He just needs to overcome that draw. I think he's the best one in it. World's hottest corn chips were once disposed of by Patrick Furchie, the trainer of Scott Mee, and he told myself <laughs> and you, Smithy, last week at the Meadows, do not do it. Uh, do not even have one full chip because he couldn't do anything for 30 minutes. Milk did nothing. And and Furchie's not a small man either, so that, that really does have me worried if myself and you ever do take on the, uh, the world's hottest corn chips. That's it, mate. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we handle it a little bit better than he described. Oh, I can tell you now, I won't. Hey, race four, transponder favourite off the inside. Now, I heard a little rumour when I was at the track on Wednesday because he was run down, a shock run down by Tinker Norm in a heat of the maturity last week. Uh, I would have expected he was going to go 29.40 or 50 from where he was. He ends up getting run down in 29.85. Um, is there any truth, do you know, in the fact that his muzzle became lodged in his mouth passing the 600 boxes, therefore that was why he was run down? Have you heard anything about that? Uh, no, I haven't heard that, mate, but uh, it would probably explain a few things because I, I honestly thought once he hit the front I was almost celebrating if I was uh, transponder connections because he's a strong dog and, yeah, it was a little bit uncharacteristic, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, the punters punting club as well. You had the 50 of the nose, so you would have been celebrating <laughs> all right, but uh, it was not to be. And I tell you what, he was a dollar one in the run. So there was nothing written in the stewards report, um, which is a bit strange because that's something they normally would cover off if it did happen. But uh, a few people were saying that at the Meadows on Wednesday when I went down to trial. So quite potentially that was the case. And I'm willing to, to forgive him anyway. And the fact that Team Thompson have, have put him straight back in a week later um, tells me there is nothing wrong with him and he shall be getting the job done. Uh, race five, the sports bet, same race multi. And I love same race multis. Restricted win final. I'm with Dottie's gift here from box number four. Can show early speed. Uh, had a really good battle with Rock Me Rocco but came out on top last Last week, it's a good race though over the 600 meters. Yeah, I was tossing up between the three and the four. I think Dottie's gift to lead, and if Buddy Benelli can kind of follow it through, then uh, it'd be nice and strong in the midsection as we saw last week when it went 34 and 60. So I'll go a little bit different to you. I'll go the three, Buddy Benelli, but uh, I was tossing up between Dottie's gift and Buddy Benelli. The KCR Fireball, what a race this is for the Stayers. Uh, $25,000 awaits the winner on Saturday night. We'll go through the market for these runners, uh, starting with box number one, and that is Ariane Bale, who I think was a little bit disappointing the other day, but uh, first run back in Melbourne, I was willing to forgive. She's uh, $3.10. Sunnyside Zeus, $4.50. Untapped box three, $2.70 at four and a half years of age. Favourite in a race like this. Boom Lateral, $16. Alfie Moon, $12. Zambora Charlie, $23. Jarek Bale, $6. He did stay it out like you expected he would. Uh, Smithy and Atticus Bale, 61 Reserves Moraine Susie at $4. If she gets a start, she will threaten. And the other one, Zyland Bale, number 10 $26. So 
What do we what do we make of the field, mate? Ariane Bale off the inside. Firstly, before you uh, give your selection and and, and su- summarise the race, I suppose, what did you make of Ariane Bale last week? Uh, she certainly looked to peak on her run, to be honest, James. But um, I, I think she was a little bit fresh going into that Brisbane campaign. Uh, I think Danny Gibbons made no secret of that. And then coming back straight back down to the Meadows, she's probably uh, entitled to improve this week. And I think she's going to be hard to beat. But I've got to go with uh, with Untapped, the old girl. She looks like she's in cracking form. She's won her last two, leading pretty much all of the way. I know Sunnyside Zeus on her inside will will be nice and quick early, but she likes to use a little bit of the track. So I've got Untapped on top from Ariane Bale. And then I've got Sunnyside Zeus holding on for a placing. And I've chucked in Alfie Moon there, who I think is the greyhound uh, as you read out the market, that he's probably a little bit over the odds. So my numbers are three one two five, and usually when I leave Jarek Bale out of my top four, he comes out and wins. So uh, I think Team Delbridge will be nice and happy with that. <laughs> I reckon they'd be happy with that, and I reckon they'd be happy with his run last week as well. But I'm with one Ariane Bale on top. I just think uh, she is going to camp behind the two and three. I don't think the box draw could be any better for her. And as you said, she was a little fresh going to Brisbane. Um, I don't like them when they come back from Brisbane or interstate as a rule from their first run. It's when they get to second, third and fourth run back in Victoria. I reckon you see the best of them. So I'm with Ariane Bale on top. But yeah, I reckon Alfie Moon is a big price, 12 with sports bet at the moment in from 14. So there's value there. On to race number seven of the night uh, as we pass the KCR Pet uh, Transport Fireball final. We go on to the seventh. Uh, on with succeed in this one, number three. This is a very, very, very fast dog. Can do a little bit wrong time to time, but those last couple of wins at Sandown, simply stunning from succeed. Yeah, I've got to be with succeed as well. I think it'll be nice and short, but uh, definitely has to be my own top selection. I was pretty taken by Sunnyside Joe's... Uh, Staying performance last start over the 700, 41.78 at Sandown. That's good going too, but succeed on top. Race 8, the big one, Group 1. Uh, Corey Smith's favourite race, $160,500 in prize money, 100000 to the winner. And I love the fact in most feature races now we're paying down to 8th because I think it's uh, it's what they deserve. They're putting on an absolute show. It's the best of the best uh, going head-to-head. A little bit like the, uh, the race on Sunday up the straight, the Members' Trophy at Hillsville. Maybe not that strong, but uh, still, the, the, this, <laughs> this maturity is fabulous. And New Wave Wines drawn the red. $4 in favour. I think that uh, tells the tale of the race. Tinker Norm, six fifty. Make No Promise, number three, $6. Professor Snitch, $6. Crackerjack Boom, $21. Uh, Launch Code, $9. Zara Mani, $7.50. Baby JC, $4.50. Punga Smokey, 10 Transponder at $6. It's funny. Transponder gets a run from Box 8. I reckon he's under $3. Yeah, you're probably right there, to be honest, Jim. But uh, you don't see too many get scratched from Group 1s. No. and. I think by all reports, all, all eight greyhounds will be going around. And I, I said before, I kind of uh, made a little bit of a faux pas. I said Professor Snitch didn't make my top four, and I was wrong. I've put my brain in that much of a pretzel uh, a doing pretzel. the form on this race because it's uh, it's such a good quality, even race. But uh, I do have Professor Snitch in my top four. My, my on-top selection is Baby JC, who... I, I know the draw is going to be difficult to overcome, but she's a greyhound that's pretty used to this pressure. That I think the sixth Group 1 final that she faces, she's obviously a Group 1 winner in her own right, and she's placed in, uh, I think, three more of them. So um, Baby JC on top for me from Make No Promise, who I think he, if he can get around Tinker Norm, who does like to use a little bit of the track, he's going to find that rail and uh, be really, really strong. So my numbers are 8, 3, 4, and 1, but... 
to be honest, you could make a case for just about any... Well, you could make a case for every runner in this field. Tell you what, I'm surprised you with Baby JC. I, I reckon she is going to have to do everything 100% right, which she nearly does all of the time, I suppose, anyway, but she nearly won half a mil. So uh, I just think it's going to be tough from Box 8 to clear the speed that is underneath of her. I'm with New Wave Wine on top from Box 1. I reckon his last two starts have just been outstanding. 25-46 at Warrigal. They don't go any faster. 6.48 early, too, and then he comes to the Meadows. Wasn't even going to go for the series. Uh, thrown in at the last minute, draws box seven, uh, and then comes out and wins and does it very, very convincingly and, and ran away for, from some pretty good togs and did it very, very easily. I keep glancing up at the screen and just not, noticing how red I'm getting. So hopefully I'm all right here, Smithy. Uh, it's a little bit like the day you had a blood nose when we tried to record. We just keep, <laughs> we just keep pushing on. Uh, race nine, sports bet, heat three of the grade fives. Hey, I, I, I like Ailey Bell back to 500 metres because um, she will savage the line in a 500 metres and yet will not hit the line in a 600. So I reckon keep an eye on Ailey Bell. She can jump on speed and if she gets a clean run early, she will be thumping to the post in a 500. This is a this is a ripper race. This one, Ailey Bale in three. You got Stout Manali on the comeback trail uh, from a bit of a let up in box number six. Uh, he just wins for fun, and and eight can you exceed? Who uh, I think he's desperate for the inside, but we've seen him go twenty nine seventy at the Meadows. So uh, it's an absolute cracker. I'm leaning towards Stout Manali second up for David Gill. I think the vacant box inside him suits, and he's just uh, he's a greyhound that's used to plenty of pressure, high pressure races like this one. Hey, are you uh, are you the watchdog uh, incognito? Am I? What have I been doing? Well, you just made a comment on Can You Exceed? Uh, desperate for the inside is exactly, what I think, what you said. And I, I read oh. the Watchdog's <laughs> comment. Jet propelled, but desperate for the inside. So you're the man rolling with Hector Frawley. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not the man rolling with Hector Frawley. I'm not the uh, the Stig off, um, off Top Gear. I'm, I'm just Corey Smith, mate. I'm, I'm yeah. out in the open and uh, obviously I'm just good at plagiarising. Honest, integral. Uh, there's some words that come to mind when I think of Corey Smith. Hey, El Dorado, race 10, drawn box number six. I'm with him. I thought his win was good, and I don't think conditions were conducive to quick times when he won on the Wednesday night meeting uh, about 10 days ago, or at least it'll be about 10 days between that. Uh, and he's run Saturday night. I think he can go 29-7 thereabouts, and that'll be enough to win this. I love El Dorado, but I think he's going to be nice and short here. So I'm going to go for a bit more value in Kyrie Bale, and... Uh, that's mainly because the seven crystal bale is a really, she's well, she went five Oh four during the week. She goes that low five second to the peg, uh, pretty regularly. And I think Kyrie Bale is going to get plenty of room to move has one from box eight before. So, uh, if he can show his best, then I'm, I'm thinking at an each way price, Kyrie Bale. What about race 11? This is a good uh, grade five idolize back, uh, group one winning, uh, Greyhound who, who is a star, I reckon, uh, idolised, drawn box number four for the Pursuto Kennel, comes back into a grade five, which I think is good placement for her. We haven't seen her since November of last year, so they've spent a long time trying to get her back. I'm, I'm leaning to Shimmer Shadow. I just think he's in the zone at the right time. Um, he's he's a little bit hard to catch, and hence you see his numerical form, four, five, seven, one, three, but at his best, he, he could take care of these. Yeah, I'm with Shimmer Shadow here as well. I just don't know enough about what idolizer has been doing. Satisfactory trial on the 8th of June, which was uh, a while ago now, going 22 flat at Shepparton over 385. She's an absolute superstar at her best. So uh, we'll see how idolised goes. Quest of Bale's obviously got a fair bit of speed down in two as well. But Shimmer Shadow for mine is probably the greyhound that can run the fastest times overall. Uh, and if he can show his best, then he's going to be winning. Ding, 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 ding. Best bit of the night comes up in race 12 for me, Cora. It's uh, Cora. Corey? Cora. You've been called Cora? 
Uh, I've been called many things in my life, but uh, <laughs> plenty of them worse than Cora, Jim. So hey. I, I want to pull you up too much here. Do you know Scotty Brandon? No, I don't actually. Oh, Greyhound trainer. He's a, he's a great bloke. And the other night on the podcast, I called him a raccoon. And I don't know why I did it, but... Um, yeah, he, he took he took to it pretty well, considering. Um, and he said he he was he was exactly the same as you. wasn't sure if he'd ever been called that before, but he's been called many things. So I'm dealing with the same type of people anyway. Race twelve, early boy is my best bet of the night, Smith. I'm very keen from box one. Uh, there is no speed in this race whatsoever. Um, I reckon if you put myself or you in box one, we could just about retain the rail at the first corner. Now we're talking absolute smack, Jim. You and I would not fit in the boxes we've seen how skinny they are. And uh, that is not one of our strengths there. But I'm with you with early boy. I think you'll be winning from uh, box number one. Hunters. All right. Hunting club. The punters punting club. Do we agree? Do we agree? And do we go together late on a on a Saturday night uh, for a little bit of a romantic tip race? 12, number one, early boy. I'm going to go 25 each way. What are you going to do with your punters punting club? No, I'm going to let one of my favourite greyhounds uh, redeem himself this week, and I'm going to have 50 on transponder once again. Yeah, get back what you lost last week. But gamble responsibly, of course. Uh, what are you really gambling with? Uh, gamblers help, 1-800-858-858, or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks for your time, uh, Smithy, and that's for free online confidential support. Thank you very much, Jim. Uh, we'll talk next week. From the Broadcast Box. Exclusive access to the man in the broadcast box this Saturday night. Calling them home in the KCR Group 1 maturity is Daniel Hibbert. And as always, in the lead-up to a big one, he jumps on the podcast to discuss. Dan, uh, you're about to head to Sandown, mate, Thursday, Arvo. Thanks for your time. No worries, Jim. Yeah, good to be with you again. And, yeah, really looking forward to um, Saturday night. It's uh, an amazing an amazing final to an amazing series. It's going to be fantastic. We'll take a look at them heat by heat last week. You were lucky enough to call the heats at the Meadows, starting off with race five last week, won by Make No Promise. What did you make of this greyhound? He, he seemed to begin as well as he can, and when he begins, he can run the arms off the clock. Yeah, in the end, I've actually picked him for the final. I mean, I reckon that the, what we've pulled together in the finals is a, a, an amazing race, and there's so much high speed, early speed, which is going to make it interesting. But I thought his run was uh, was first class. He won by a big margin, I know, but he went really, really super, 29.806. Uh, you couldn't do much more than that. And, yeah, as I, as I said in the call, it was a statement run. It was a really... Uh, you know, a big run for him to sort of say, you know, I'm, I'm here and uh, I'm going to be hard to beat in the final. Speaking of statement runs, the winner of Heat 2 last week, Professor Snitch, I thought this was the moment she announced herself. I know I know the raps have been huge on her, but her win 29.75 on Saturday night was second to none. Yeah, and the fact that she defeated, uh, you know, Victor Dame in Nature Strip and departed, it all go very well. Uh, most impressive. And she was probably there to be beaten, I think, turning for home. You would have thought that, Nature Strip and Victor Damien were a d- decent chance of running it down, but she was just too tough. And yeah, uh, she's going to be uh, she's going to be very competitive in this final. It was a most impressive run uh, in the heat, and uh, yeah, has really announced herself as a, a really uh, a really strong bitch for the future. She's probably one that can go quicker than the five fifteen she produced in the heat as well. As we move on to heat three, which was race seven last week, and I was taken by this win, Daniel Boy. Uh, new wave wine for Andrew Paraskevas did it from a wide draw. Comes up with the red. I think there's plenty of plus marks when we're talking new wave wine for the final. Oh, absolutely. And given that it was uh, thrown, in, thrown in at the last minute, 
uh, and has gone and produced a, a strong heat performance. Draws perfectly in the uh, in the final. Uh, it's going to uh, yeah, it's going to have every opportunity to to take it out. And based on that early speed of five oh five, you'd imagine it's going to be right in the thick of it going into that first turn. Now, race eight, uh, this was probably the upset of the night. Transponder takes the lead, looks absolutely home for all money, and Tinker Norm runs him down. Now, at first, I, I couldn't work it out. I went to the Meadows Wednesday, and a couple of people were saying that they believe Transponder's muzzle actually became lodged into his mouth when he was turning for home. So that might have been why uh, he didn't finish off as well as he did. But I guess from a calling perspective, you would have been surprised to see the, the finish in that one. Oh, absolutely. It was it was quite uh, quite a surprise. He'd done everything right for 90% of the race. He'd began well, he'd swept around, took the lead, and you thought, well, how far? But, uh, yeah, Tinker Norm just uh, put the head down and chased really hard to the line. And, um, you know, he was one of, probably one of the few for the night that sort of came off uh, came off the speed and uh, was able to run, run the leaders down. So, you know, he's... Uh, He's he's in there with a chance. He's probably going to be uh, up against some really smart ones in the final, but uh, you've got to make it. And he did the right thing by winning last week. Yeah, no, uh, no discredit to him. He went twenty nine eighty five, which is a very good run. What about Baby JC? She's a favourite of yours. Uh, jump from box seven to win her heat. She went five oh two seventeen seventy five. If there's one knock I can give on a greyhound that's won half a million dollars, Dan, it is the fact that she only went twenty nine ninety five. And I think there's a few in this final that are going to go a little bit quicker than that. Yeah, you'd want to see some improvement on that run. I mean, she did what she had to do, and that was win and and get through. Uh, And I think if she can win this race, given that she's drawn the pink and the speed that's underneath it, it it basically stamps her as one of the the more modern-day better ones that we've had because if she can pull this one off, uh, and I know she's favourite fixed odds-wise, but if she can pull this off from the pink, uh, it's going to take a massive effort to do it. I I think she can, but... Uh, it's going to be a, a massive effort if she does it. I agree, and I think the price they're betting at the moment is unders based on, on what's underneath of her. I think, uh, as you say, it would be a huge effort for her to win, and I think when you're only getting about 350 to $4, uh, you generally don't want it to be a huge effort for them to win. Race 10 was won by Cracker Jack Boom, and another greyhound that's got a lot of X-factor, and when he steps like he did last week, he can run the arms off the clock, just like most of these finalists. Yeah, absolutely, and he's another one. You know, he's been racing against. Uh, you know, he's been racing in some really good races of recent time. He went to Wentworth Park and had that twenty nine and eighty one win. So, you know, he's uh, he's got through to the final, and he's probably, if anything, I reckon he's probably my my Smokey. Uh, I think he's a, a, a blowout chance of winning the winning the final if he gets all the breaks. Race 11 last week, launch code getting the job done, box four for Brooke Ennis. Now, we know this greyhound can go quicker than a 5.14 early. Only went 30.01, but yeah, in hindsight, I think you look back and say, well, if there's a greyhound that can probably break five to the mark, you'd almost say it is launch code. So there, there could be plenty of upside for this chaser. Yeah, and as I say, it's you've just got to win and get through, and that's all you've got to worry about on heat nights, and that's what he did. Um, you know, the time wasn't flash, but look, if uh, he's got another, you know, he's had a week to, uh, you know, to freshen up, and I think, uh, you know, if he can show electric speed, he could uh, really throw a throw a spanner in the works for those drawn underneath him. Last heat won by Zara Mani, and wasn't that a statement run in the last 505-1771-2975? That's exactly, Danny Boy, what uh, Zara Mani can do at her best. Yeah, and we've just been waiting for her to do it for so long. We sort of expected her to do it about three or four months ago and sort of uh, didn't sort of produce it when we expected. But uh, that was uh, that was what we've uh, hoped to have seen from her uh, previously, and she delivered in that heat. 
um, drawn out deep in the final. It might be a tough tricky for her, but uh, uh, she's there and she's got to be some sort of hope. You said a moment ago, make no promise, likely to be the uh, the selection for the maturity. Do you like he and who in the uh, the fireball? Can you give us the, the double for the two big ones at the Meadows this week? Oh, look, I, the, the fireball's a really good race, given that the, probably the three top ones in the market have drawn down low. Uh, I think Untap's just racing as well as I think she ever has. She's probably going to have to, to lead uh, here. And I think Sunnyside Zeus, who began brilliantly last week, is going to be the, the sticky point early. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see Untap win. Um, and I think she's just racing so well that she might... But the other one that I just can't discount is Jarek Bale. I think he's just uh, he's he's old and he's uh, got a few aches and pains. You'd think as an old boy, but he's still racing so very well. And if he's close enough, he could certainly win without surprising. Hey, what about the footy last week? I'm sure you would have enjoyed Friday night's results at the MCG. The uh, the fast finishing demons finishing like Jarek Bale can often do. Well, I gave up. I um, <laughs> I was I'd got home from calling at Bendigo and sat on the couch and you know I'd listened to it on the car on the way over. I thought, beauty, we're flying along. Watched the second and third quarters and thought, oh, this is not looking good. No, at about ten minutes to go, I think they were still four, well, four goals down at least. And I walked away and I uh, went and talked to Suits for a bit and then came back and there was still seven minutes to go and they got it back to. Uh, no, there's five minutes to go. They got it back to two goals. And I stood in front of the TV, and when Viney kicked his goal, I didn't move. I thought, no, I'm standing exactly where I am. I'm not going to move. And I didn't move until the end of the game, and it was like it was ridiculous. But very much a win that we uh, we needed. Pretty much seals up top four. I don't think uh, those chasing us are going to be able to get us, given a, a favourable draw that we've got so, and percentage that we've got. So uh, we look like we're uh, set for finals, which is great, and uh, really looking forward to that at uh, the back end of the, the footy season. Yeah, I reckon uh, Collingwood v Melbourne uh, finals footy in September could be something pretty, pretty exciting that me and you might have to go to. And... Uh, and have a couple of cold ones and enjoy. But uh, safe travels down to Melbourne, off to call Sandown Park tonight. I probably will get this uh, episode out before headquarters. Do you like one tonight that I can can let you go on? Uh, look, it's a, it's a pretty even cut. I'm really just looking forward to watching uh, watching Postman Pat go around. I think yep. he's going to be... Uh, if, if the conditions are good with the track, I think he could uh, run any sort of time tonight. Uh, my best of the night is uh, Kai Bale. I think he's um, perfectly drawn in two, and I think he will be winning race nine tonight. Good on you, Daniel. Thank you, mate. Inside Info. Well, it's always nice when we get the inside info from a trainer who has a runner in a Group 1 final. This week, it's Stephen Bruce White from Bullen Bullen who puts the polish on Professor Snitch going around in the maturity. And Whitey's on the line ready for a chat. Whitey, hello. How are you, James? I'm going well, mate, but probably not near as good as you uh, lining up in a Group 1 final once again with a greyhound uh, who is a daughter of Seneca who took you on an amazing ride. Um Talk to me about this win last week because I know I know Professor Snitch was sent down with enormous raps, but I felt like she she lived up to it and maybe exceeded those raps with her finish last week. Yeah, yeah, she come down here with uh, good raps on, especially after a first win at Ipswich, and um, uh, we gave her a few starts. I think she won four out of four down here. Then we sent her back up to um, Brisbane for the fly and Amy and. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure what actually happened up there, but anyway, she come back home and we've just kept training her up and she's had a, a, a few runs under her belt now and she, it seemed to have um, went real good last week. 
Like, it didn't surprise me, but um, just a little bit touchy with the box spenders at the moment. Now, we wind the clock back. Uh, July 27, 2019, you put the polish on Seneca to win the maturity. Do you, do you try and train Professor Snitch exactly the same way that you did him some four years ago, looking to, to repeat the dose, I suppose, with a daughter of Seneca? Uh, not really. Like, a lot of the dogs are a bit different, but they all probably get trained on a similar basis sort of thing. You know, I, I pump the work into them early and then slowly um, come back off them, ease back off them when they start to race. But, um, yeah, it'd be nice if uh, if she could win. Seneca's had um, a few track record holders and a few um, Group 2 winners, but it'd be nice to actually win a Group 1, especially with, um, especially me, wouldn't it, with one of his uh, offspring. How does she compare to Seneca at the same point? Because you're going for the same race early on in in her career, the same way that you did effectively with Seneca. Do you, do you think she's in the same ballpark as, as what he was at the same point in, in their careers? No, I don't think so. He, he went into the maturity after he won the um, the Derby, the Gold Bullion, um, and the Brisbane Cup, I think. I think you'll find. He, okay. he came off the Derby and the Brisbane Cup and the Gold Bullion at the time, then he won the... Maturity, I think. Oh, I'm not too sure. I've got to recheck me things, but I know he won something up in Brisbane before I before the maturity. What do you make of the draw? Box number four in the final. Does that does that suit her? Because she handled box eight well, but she looked as if she wanted to get across to the rail. Look, it's a bit hard. I really didn't know which way when the which way because there was that much pace in the race that. Yeah, probably didn't matter where you were going to go, but she's not. Um, she's not actually peeing the lids um, like she should be. You know what I mean? She's just. She's not getting those street right at the start, and it's going to be so much importance this week. And um, she'd probably want to be um, definitely in front of the two before the first corner because it looks like he wants to get off, yeah. judging by last week's uh, episode. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's just all in the lap of the gods, I think. How, how quick do you reckon she can go? You mentioned that maybe she's not coming out as clean, but um, when she when she does get it right, we saw her even early days. I think she won her first race in Victoria, for memory, at Terrelgan, um, and she did sort of hit the ground and just explode. What do you reckon she can run if she hits the start right to the first peg at the Meadows? Well, just, just say she came out and led all the way. I think she can probably go a bit quicker, yeah. but... You know, it, it all depends with box rides with her and uh, she's going to need a little bit of luck. What about uh, Silent Bullet, race one, drawn box number six, the other runner that you've got in? i tell you what, Whitey, um, this one here is bred for X Factor, the daughter of Hooked on Scotch, Gwydion. Um, both really, really fast dogs on their day as well. Mate, it's it's a very, very good litter. Mm. I can assure you that it's a very, very good litter. Um They've all got plenty of strength, and they're probably getting it from their mother. Even though hooked on Scotch was um, pretty strong himself, but um, mate, it's just typical of the power kennels, mate. Boxes four, five, and six. We don't <laughs> seem to get many decent boxes. So she's only a little bit. She's only twenty-four, but she's very strong. She went through the pink diamond. Uh, she finished up running third in the final, and um, we've given her a fair few looks at um, the meadows since then. So. Um, you know, it's just going to be hard off that box, I suppose. But one thing about it is she's she's going to be running on somewhere along the line. 
Well, talk to me, Whitey. You just said this litter are really, really promising. Give me one dog to follow moving forward that I can pop in my black book and hopefully make a little bit of a, a dotter on here or there. Well, mate, the dog that um, injured himself in the Pink Diamond, Lethal Sniper, he, he, he could be a real superstar, this dog. I'll tell you what, that's that's all we need. Um, I don't need any more from you, Whitey. I appreciate that. My black book's filled up. Lethal Sniper right at the top there. So you reckon he could be a superstar? He's that good? Yeah, he was going really good until he hurt himself in that pink diamond. He's still out at the moment, but um, it all hinges on um, when he comes back. But, um, yeah, he's very, very promising young young dog, let me assure you. Hey, we appreciate your time on the podcast. Good luck with the maturity. It's a great race to be a part of, and you won it four years ago with Seneca, and it would be an amazing story if you could back up four years later with a pup by Seneca and claim that same group one at the Meadows in July. All the best, Whitey. We appreciate your time, mate. All right. Thanks, James. Inside Info. Well, you know it's a big show, a big race upcoming when we've got two Inside Info segments and we're now catching up with the Greyhound trainer who has the red in the maturity, perched up off the inside, New Wave Wines trainer, Andrew Paraskevis. He's on the line, Andrew. How are you, mate? James and yourself? I'm going very well. Uh, you must be absolutely tickled pink with this. Uh, tell me a little bit about the story with New Wave Wine, the late decision to have a crack at the maturity and you now find yourself in box number one. Yeah, it all came together pretty quickly. Um, he won the night before at Warrigal. So a friend of mine, he kept asking me if I had anything for the maturity, and I kept saying, no, not really. Like his brother, it probably didn't have enough speed, wasn't quite ready. And then after he went so well, I decided at 1 o'clock that afternoon, I thought, you know, we'll have a throw at the stumps and we'll, we'll pop him in. Um, and, yeah, the rest, yeah, and this is how it's played out. The rest could be history because he's now drawn the red in the final. We'll go back to last week. Draws box seven in a heat. Um, it's not the easiest draw to win from uh, at the Meadows by any stretch of the imagination. So to come out and go 505, 29, 81, um, that must fill you up with confidence that he is definitely good enough to win this final. Yeah, look, the whole litter have been fast from day one. Um, nothing that they sort of do surprises me. Like on their own, they control phenomenal times. So it didn't surprise me to see him do it. It just, yeah, he probably hasn't put it all together up until just recently. He's started to begin a lot better, more consistently. So, uh, yeah, if he can, can continue to begin like that, he's going to put himself on a lot more races. Hey, last week he wins from box seven, gives every indication that he wanted to get to box number one in which he draws in the final, but he's never won from the inside draw. What do you make of that? And Are you happy with box number one for him? Yeah, absolutely. He he wants the rails. So even though the wide draw, he's always looking to come down to the fence. And if he doesn't find the fence, he, he tends to wait for a run. So if he can, yeah, jump out from the red and just hold the fence... That's where he'll do his best racing once he's, you know, settled on the rails rather than two or three off the fence or held out out deep under underneath something. Well, one runner who does love to use a little bit of the track is Tinker Norm. I went through his stats. He's won 13 races, only two of them coming from inside box four. So he is, he is obviously going to want to use a little bit of the track. He's not necessarily a dramatic wide runner, but he's not going to impact you, you wouldn't have thought, uh, in the run of the first corner. So A, you'd be happy you've got the red. B, I'd imagine you'd be pretty happy with Tinker Norm uh, drawn alongside you in box number two. Yeah, I did make a joke with the steward who was doing, taking his swab after he won, he asked, what box did I want in the final? I said, I'll just take the red. That'll be fine. And then um, 
fried either before or after, so I can't remember. And I said, oh, if he, you can just put him in box two. He'll he'll run cover for us. I said, that'll, that'll do it fine. So it's strange how it's worked out. But, yeah, look, he, he can't have drawn much better. The rest is now up to him. 100%. Hey, how did you get involved in Greyhound Racing? Because for as long as I can remember, you've been involved um, and training a hell of a lot of winners as well. Where did it all begin for you? Uh, so roughly around you maybe 10 to 15 like that had always been involved more so as a punter than a you know an owner or a trainer um we had an idea to breed um a litter or we wanted to breed a litter of our own and i was become friends with trevor allen and, and his mate jamie gorn and they lent us a bitch by the name of randine misty to breed with um dad's mate had a theory of put the best of the best and hope for the best and at the time brett lee was the number one sort of side going around so that was probably one of our first you know first sort of experiences and out of that litter came father of mine who's um sort of produced or has relation to pretty much all our stock and mate it's uh it's been a phenomenal ride because i went through a couple of your stats uh just recently Bringing them up now, 879 starts in the last 10 years um, from your uh, training name, 355 wins, 260 placings. That's going at a 40% win strike rate. And I honestly rate your kennel setup, Andrew, as if not the best, one of the best in the sport of greyhound racing because those stats just do not lie. Yeah, we've always been consistent, I guess you can say. Trevor told me basically one he said the line he told me what the line was all about they're all about speed and chase and he said if you keep the speed and the chase in the line they'll do the rest um and ever since then i've i've sort of listened and you know all our size selections and the way that we've trained and the way that we race and sort of go down that path um so yeah we've been pretty lucky to be left with the dogs that we've been left with um but yeah it it all culminates from day one, you know, the way that they're brought up, the way to their, the way they're educated, the way that they, you know, they're not going to race and all that sort of thing as well. And, and does that make it a little bit more special, the fact that far, that uh, New Wave Wine tracks back pretty bomb to Father of Mine and then right back to, to Brandine Misty? So does that, does that make it special that it's sort of, you know, a, a, an offspring of where it all began, I suppose? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Like, I've... I'll be honest, and I always have been. Uh, like I enjoy doing our own thing. Like me and my dad, like we we predominantly train our own dogs. We we rear them, um, and all the rest of it. So, you know, it's all it's all special in a sense um, that we don't sort of outsource much, if at all. Um, so ev- everything that we do, we we basically keep in house. So, yeah, to make any sort of race of this nature's a nice feather in the cap absolutely 100% mate we wish you well with box number one in the maturity looks a massive chance of running a big race new wave wine so all of the best and as always mate thanks for your time on the podcast thanks James what are you really gambling with call gamblers help 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free online confidential support